Hello lovely people, welcome back to Movies with Kane and Tar. We have a rap battle for you today. This is straight up US versus the UK. Who will win? I don't know. Let's get straight into it. Hey yo yo, what's up? It's your boy Kana. <laughs> See you with my homegirl Tar, talking about some movies and shit. I promise I won't do that again for the rest of the episode. Um, <laughs> I, actually, can I make a request that you do this whole podcast in rhyme? Could you do that for me? I, oh, jeez. <laughs> Why? Why? What are we talking about today? Okay, we're talking about, we're getting into my wheelhouse. Uh-huh. This is deep in my wheelhouse. We're talking about the suburban white boy classic, Eight Mile. And then we're going to talk about a more recent film, Versus. But first, we're going to start with Eight Mile. Awesome. Let's listen to the trailer. You're still at that Little Caesars over in Warren? Nah. I'm down in New Detroit stamping now. <laughs> you got fired from a pizza place. So at least I got a job. Up! Down! Late again, Smith, and you're fired. You know that everybody's calling you a loser? You ever wonder at what point you gotta stop living up here and start living down here? Look. Come on, man. How you feel? If you had one shot. I'm saving up enough cash to get out of this place. One opportunity. I'm on my way. I'm taking you with me. Sees everything you ever wanted. If something's gonna happen, it needs to happen now. Did you capture it? It's my boy, Bunny Rabbit. He's a genius. Just let it slip. What are you doing with your life that's so great? It has been years since I last seen this movie, and I'm not gonna lie, even as someone for whom, like, putting hip-hop directly in a film is kind of like it's made for me. I kind of forgot just how fucking good this movie is. I'm so glad you said that. I just, I love the hell out of this thing. Oh, yay. I'm so thrilled because I was a bit worried because I know you're a big hip-hop fan and I was like, maybe he fucking hates Eminem and hates this movie. But I absolutely love it too and I loved it the first time I saw it. Yeah. Like, how to put it, um, in terms of just being a film, being an acted piece, mm-hmm. the fact that it is based so much on Eminem's real life definitely mm-hmm. lends a lot of credence to the fact that, well, his, like, his performances feel so raw and, like, actually emotional. Like, his interactions with um, Kim Bassinger as his, mo- as his mother and Michael Shannon as the drop-in, drop-kick boyfriend. <laughs> that was fun. And his little sister. Oh, like, my all God. That, I was just like... Hayley, you yeah, know. Yeah. It just, I just kept waiting for him to call her Hayley. Yeah, I was waiting for that, too, but I'm just like, oh, my God. And especially since, like, you know, the moment where he's, you know, singing to his daughter. He does that regularly in his albums. Like, yeah. you know, like Hayley's song and Mockingbird and stuff like exactly. that. And it's just like... And how to put it, it's one of those rare few times where I'm like, okay, the guy's not the best singer... But you can tell he really cares about what he's talking about. And that really rang through. And especially when put in conjunction with, like, the environment around him, because it's quickly becoming old hat. But um, Detroit, as far as, like, cinematic depiction, Mm -hmm. is really just shown, like, as, like, one of the dark cores of the American Midwest. Like, the idea of just, like, you know, the Motor City, where it's, like, the only jobs that can be gotten are on the assembly line. And everyone else who isn't fortunate enough to do that either um, burns down houses around the area, like with the um, the it's a big thing around Halloween or Devil's Night is not around there, stripping um, mm. like the copper wiring and the um, ch- um, 
metal plating on houses for you know sell for scrap yep. or some combination of both yeah and it's just it really adds adds to like how desolate the place is and it adds to how much you really want rabbit to get out of that place and you know start doing stuff with his life well, well you know start doing what he wants to do with his life rather it's it is it's it's, it's so it's so gritty and for me the the biggest kind of like i guess markers for that was the cars like and you see the difference between what rabbit's driving around in and then when his mate drops him off at that time and in her his mum's like old 1980s Datsun or something and then you see the guys rock up in their pimp mobile and 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 it's like it, it shows you what in America a status symbol a car is and and how difficult it was for those guys to drive around in those shitty old cars like it was like and, and Detroit's like the motor city and there's all that to it. And then it's like, if we can just make this, if we can just make this work, we won't have to drive around in these shit cars anymore. Like that was such yeah. a big thing for them. They wouldn't even start. They were like so ancient. It's hilarious. But they still did it. They still got in there and drove around and went to the battles in those shitty yeah. old cars. And, it's it's just, just, and, and actually, before we get into the actual um, rap meat oh. of the film, there's something I caught out of the corner of my eye that, Paints a weird light over the rest of the film. All right, there's a scene um, with Kim Bassinger um, in the trailer watching an old black and white TV mm. um, movie on a TV. I, um, and because it's listed in the credits, I looked it up. It's this film called Imitation of Life. And in the film, in Imitation of Life, there's this character who is mixed raced. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, um, Played by a white actress because of fucking cool she is. (laughs) And she basically, um, she's mixed race, but she passes for white, and she does that for the societal perks, I guess. Uh Now, put that into context with what Rabbit is doing, trying to make his place as the very melanin-deprived white boy in what was at the time, not so much nowadays because of this movie, a very um, black-dominated sport, almost, because that's what paddle rap is at the end of the day. It's sport. It just, I don't know, just like, uh, like that was the first time I noticed it on this current rewatch, and I'm just like, was there something about him being a passing, like, mixed-race person in the original script or something? Well, like, I don't know that for no, certain. Yeah. It would have made the film a lot weirder to sit through if that actually was the case mm-hmm. but at the same time it is like a really fascinating like really minor point that kind of explains quite a lot of what's happening around it i i it's interesting because i did actually notice it this time around as well i didn't go as deep into it as you did of course <laughs> <laughs> um and, but i'm glad you did because that is um interesting and and, and i love that kind of stuff i love when um like this art exhibition I went to, this is totally, I'm just realised now, um, Margaret Ollie, and she was really, really heavily inspired by the Impressionists in Europe. And she does a series called An Homage to Manet and in one of her, lot of her paintings, she puts a painting inside a painting. <laughs> so she has, she draws a, 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 you know, she does a, an homage to Manet and then inside that painting she's done a painting of a painting that Manet did of an impressionist that he used to work with who was a French painter called Morisot. So I love that kind of stuff yeah. because it gives him so much more depth to things. And yeah. then when he figures something like that out in a film on a rewatch, it's so exciting. Yeah. But 
And I never thought I'd say this at this stage, but let's get away from the boring film stuff and get into the shit, I, the shit that I've been itching to talk about all week. Okay, go. Okay, so the the depiction of the bat um, of the battle rap scene um, again because of how much Eight Mile would change, you know, who and what is allowed to be said in those circles. It is a fascinating snapshot of like the way uh, of the time. Way back when, before it became like the media juggernaut that it is nowadays, with like millions of viewers on YouTube regularly, it, it is quite fascinating, and and it definitely helps that um, Craig G, um, a, a battle rap veteran himself, freestyler, and the guy who wrote, I believe, most, if not all, of the battle rap lyrics in this movie. Just my God, that that it's so cutting. Mm-hmm. Like you, you want like dope lyricism. This is. Certainly where you're going to get that from. And just, like, from the organized battles, and I, I don't know, maybe it's because I do watch a lot of battle rap videos on YouTube, but it's just, like, that opening scene of Rabbit just choking on stage. Like, I've seen that so many times in actual battles. It's, like, instinctive cringe. I'm just like, say something. <laughs> Please say something. It's excruciating, isn't it? It really is. It really is. It's... Like, how to put it, if that is the lowest in terms of, like, the reaction you can get, then pretty much the exact same scene at the very end of the film with him hyping up the crowd, that's the very top of what you can get. Like, and I can actually say this from personal experience, there are a few things more thrilling, more joyous to experience than being in that scenario and saying a line that just makes the entire room go, oh! <laughs> I would kill to have that experience again. I only had it once back in high school, and just it's <laughs> such a thrill. And, and I do want to bring this up, though. It was really strange seeing Eminem versus The Falcon and, and Anthony Mackie pre-Marvel oh, yeah. Cinematic Universe. That was <laughs> that was strange. But then he got um like him going up against like Exhibit and just yeah. oh my god, actually that scene that was probably like one of the what I, what I would consider to be like one of the defining parts of like battle rap culture because as someone who was LGBT, mm. like one of the things I keep finding myself need to reconcile my own head is the fact that, you know, I love rap music. I love the culture of hip hop. It's, you know, it's part of my DNA pretty much. I know where you're going with this. But when your favorite genre is one that uses fag, mm-hmm. faggot, dyke, mm-hmm. and other such slurs as synonyms for this person's bad, after a while, you start needing to tune it out or else you're just going to be feeling guilty the whole time, which is why that specific scene when they're all on the lunch line yeah. and Eminem versus Exhibit and Eminem comes to the defense of an actual gay guy who's being picked on. He's like, yeah, he's gay. You're a faggot, which mm-hmm. is ultimately how that works in these circles because it's not as if, like, you know, gay, bisexual or even transgender battle rappers are, you know, are not, well, well, they are kind of anomalous because there aren't that many of them, mm-hmm. but they do exist out there. you got people like, you know, Shame and Toucan and just, yeah, there are people like that in there. And that is ultimately like, you know, part of the word usage in regards to that. If it sounds like, a, if it sounds like I'm apologizing for a bunch of, you know, homophobes to be homophobes, 
in a way it is, but then again, it's like that's part of the whole thing with battle raps. Anything at all that can be said as a, an in to rip the other person to pieces right. will get used regardless. Yeah. And yeah. that um So why do you think that because that is interesting and I and I I noticed that again, that's a scene that I noticed on a rewatch, you know, later in my life and went, Wow, that's really interesting and not sort of unexpected. Um, and I wonder if they put that in on purpose for some to try and make a comment on that on on how so much of the culture is based around you know those kinds of not just those kinds of slurs but racial slurs as well. uh, racial slurs se- you know sexual slurs yeah. um you know retarded is a word that gets yep. thrown around a lot there as well um and, and, and I do totally get that but how to put it it I have to admit, it does make sense for Eminem himself to be the guy who, you know, makes that message known. Um, not just because, like, the gay guy ends up factoring in later on in the plot and allows him to go to the big mm. finale, mm. but also because that idea of, you know, separating, you know, gay meaning homosexual and gay meaning bad, mm. Eminem has been, like, that's been at the core of his lyricism since the very beginning. Like, to the point where he's grown a pretty decent sense of humor about himself about it. Like, when he appeared in um, the interview, and he basically played a fictionalized version of himself, and he was talking about how, like, all that stuff about him talking about gay people, it was his way of telling the audience that he was gay. <laughs> right. And it's just, like, stuff like that. And it's just, like, and, like, in retrospect, you know, knowing that, knowing how mm-hmm. he's been in interviews, you know, trying to clarify the division, it definitely makes sense that he would be the one who would say that. Mm-hmm. I think it, it added um, an extra layer to the film, which for me I kind of needed, especially because I watched Versus first and hadn't seen Eminem for a while and obviously we'll come back to Versus, but I had some issues in that film <laughs> um, around those kinds of things. And I get that, like you said, it's a sport and people will use whatever they can to win. They're going to pull out whatever they need to to win. But I wonder... Was 8 Mile trying to make any kind of comment on that? Like, Well, well, well see, here's the thing. 8 Mile itself is just, you know, a depiction of, you know, Eminem's life within that circuit. Mm-hmm. If you want something that actually, like, gets into the nitty-gritty of what makes the, the battle rap scene what it is, both its positives and its negatives, well, last year um, Eminem produced a movie called Bodied. It's on YouTube. Okay. And it is fucking brilliant okay. it, it really is like as far as just like actually getting into a you know the battle rap scene as it is and also getting into a lot of the you know free speech debate that sort of revolt that revolves right. not just around the battle rap scene but around pretty much everything nowadays and it's okay. like it's really scathing and it, it really helps that the guy who wrote bodied is this guy called um eric larson aka kid twist a um, a championship belt battle rapper. Like, he was one of, like, yeah. the first big guys to get big out of Canada. Okay, right. Which is, like, the mecca for battle rap nowadays. Wow. And it's just, like, so if you want, like, real dissection, you go for that. If you want something more personal, more, you know, fictionalized, biopic, because as we got into, mm. you know, the stuff we do with Haley and mm. Kim Bastard, and especially um, Bakai Pfeiffer as Future, who is pretty much a stand-in for Eminem's best friend, Proof, mm-hmm. who basically led him around the battle rap scene, mm-hmm. it is very him. That's part of the re- well. I would say that's part of the reason why um, why Marshall Mathers's um, 
performance is so good, but not everyone is able to actually do that. Like, it's... Oh, no. Just because you're playing somebody who who is similar to yourself doesn't mean that you'll do it well. I've seen that people bomb out on that a thousand times. Yeah, exactly, which makes his success there, you know, yeah. that much more gratifying. Oh, yeah. Uh, especially with, like, that was the first real example of, you know... Oh, you're going to use whatever you can to rip me. Well, how about I beat you to it? Just sort of like that whole thing and just like him just taking the piss out of himself as being like, you know, you know, trailer trash, mm. white boy, which again, factored into a lot of um, Eminem's early work, particularly with stuff like Infinite and the Slim Shady LP mm. and just see, see is a thing. You, you had worries about Eminem, me hating Eminem. He's easily in my top 10. Oh, good. Like even today, like even after revival, which not many people were into, <laughs> it's just like, I'm still totally on board with the Ma- with the Mathers train. Well, yeah, I, I was as a, as a young, in my early twenties. Um, and I'm, I'm not a huge hip hop fan. I'm, this is a bit of a secret and don't tell anybody, but I actually really like Australian hip-hop. Um, but Hilltop um, Hoods, Bliss Inesso, AB Original, I get that. Briggs, I totally get that. Nookie, everyone. I love it. But I never really got into um, UK or US hip-hop. It just wasn't my jam. But Eminem was, I don't know, I really – he – it's it's difficult to explain, but I was really I really enjoyed his music when I was in my early twenties. It's not something that I listen to a lot now, and that brings me to a question which I wanted to ask you: Why do you think this movie had such a huge wide appeal? Do you think it's because of Eminem, or do you think it's because in those rap scenes, in those battle scenes, and especially at the end when he comes back and he he nails it after choking, that it gives you that feeling of, you know, when you have those situations where you wish you had said something and you go home and you stand in the shower and you go, oh, I should have said da 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 just really ripped them to shreds when they did that to me. And that would have been so cool and I could have walked out with the last word. So do you think it's that Eminem was such a huge star at the time and everybody knew who he was and so it had this mass appeal or do you think that it gives you something, an insight into like a world where if you can imagine yourself in that situation, what you were talking I, about before, that mic drop moment yeah. where you can just walk away? Yeah, I, I, I totally see it as being a combination of both. In regards to like the first point, in regards to Eminem, this really was him at his peak because mm. like around the same time that this film came out, he came out with the Eminem show, which mm. was like the ultimate hat trick like this guy is this a, wasn't a fluke a certified star yeah. at this point and yeah. in fantasy Eminem show is one of my all-time favorite albums and in fantasy 8 mile soundtrack is definitely up there as well it's just like especially with like how they played around with the songs from that's in the actual thing like the scenes of him on um, I love that. on the bus where it's, yes. where, where it's like he's constructing the songs in real time yes it's, it's like stuff like that especially when like when we get to the end and then we hear the full version of Lose Yourself, mm-hmm. which I'm willing to bet factored in a lot to the success of this as well, because it really has gone to the point of cliche where it's as soon as you say, palms are sweaty, knees weak, arms are heavy, there's vomit on the sweater already. Exactly. <laughs> Everyone knows that. It's they like do. the quintessential white rap song. Absolutely. It's like, it, it, it took the place that Ice Ice Baby did back in the 90s, yes. except I feel substantially less guilt for knowing the lyrics to Lose Yourself. <laughs> Along with eight miles, substantially the other songs, yeah. less, yeah. But 
I have to admit, even with, and especially with like, you know, where Eminem was at the time he made this, it also gives a bit of melancholy to the actual film because while this was Eminem at his peak, it was also the point where he started to drop really badly. Around, um, during production for um, 8 Mile, considering he was working on the Eminem show at the same time, he was burnt the fuck out because he'd never done film before. And doing that alongside creating a classic album is a lot for some people. So, yeah. so apparently, um, I think like one of the production hands on the film suggested he um, try Valium to try and deal with the thing. A, um, something that started a slippery slope that resulted in him getting addicted, needing to go to rehab, and making the album Encore, which might be one of the sharpest and most disheartening drops in quality ever. Oh. Like, going from shit like, you know, Square Dance, Sing for the Moment, Till I Collapse, to fucking ass, ass like that, just lose it, just... Didn't do it for you. Rain Man, just like, no, it did not. Like, admittedly, I still love quite a few of the songs off that album, but it is still a very, like, noticeable part of his career drop, and it's something he really hasn't recovered from since. Mm. Well, like, thankfully, he did get clean after that, and, you know, he seems to be doing better now, and if anything, I honestly think that his lyricism has only begun to improve in recent years, mm. even if his actual music choices are kind of lagging a little bit. But... Yeah, it, it really feels like a situation where it's like, this man so easily could have lost his life as a result of doing oh, this. Yeah. But oh, because yeah. of how much influence it had, not only on the on the battle rap scene, but on main, on the mainstream as well, considering this was like the first real instance of hip-hop getting proper Academy attention, yeah. lose itself one an Oscar for Best Original Song, and that was like the first real point that would lead to stuff like Hustle and Flow and the Black Panther soundtrack. Like, yeah. that's sending the groundwork for that. And it is, like, it's incredibly mimetic. It's very influential. It is still very fun to watch. It is, it is. And do, have you noticed, and I, I kind of knew this on some level before we came in here to talk about this, that it's almost impossible to separate Eminem from this film. It really is. And, you know, part of and his like, life and his story. Well, and... well, well part of that is by design because that's what sure. the film is. It's meant sure. to be a dramatisation of his own experiences with stand-ins for the people he actually knew back then. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, that is definitely part of the point. But there's also that element of just, like, you know, the angsty... Like I say, you know, suburban white kid who has all this, you know, pent up aggression about their surroundings and their own lives, who doesn't really have an outlet for doing that. And like having that kind of environment where you're able to just lash the fuck out on someone else, rip them to pieces and basically go like, you know, I'm awesome. Let me count down the ways in which you're not like being able to, like, like, it's pretty much a safe space in its own way. I mean, like, I know that the irony of that is that, you know, it's a safe space for people to talk about how much they hate safe spaces, but <laughs> that idea of just being able to get out, you know, that aggression in a way that doesn't involve, you know, crime, violence, mm. abuse, that kind of thing, it, it is part of the draw for it because, you know, we, t- we, we talked um, during the Shaft episode about you know, Toxic Masculinity, mm-hmm. also a film that featured a gay character that was treated surprisingly well. Too, yeah. um, just like, you know, we talk about, you know, and like, you know, anger and frustration is definitely part of that recipe. And being able to, you know, outlet it in a way that doesn't directly, 
like diminish someone else because you know it's all fair play if you're going to take the crap out of everyone else you got to expect it to come back, back to you yeah okay so that well then that's a good segue then into versus and maybe after the trailer you can explain to me why i hated this film so much I'm from where Reggie Craig got rich as fuck. East London, who am I to miss tradition? No, I don't. I know you've been moved around a lot and things haven't worked out. What would you say your name was? Michaela. But everyone calls me Matt. If you enjoyed that last battle, please, can we make some noise? What kind of shit is this? Something from the closet of someone that's in the closet and never has a bears with it. Look, she said no, all right? Who the fuck are you? Living large, spitting bars. You got an ex boyfriend that thinks he's hard. <laughs> they gotta fix you a matchup. They're gonna try and throw you off. They're gonna get up in your face. No, you D L Y ugly. I just had to spell it out because I knew you were dummy. Can you keep your composure? I'm looking at you. I don't think you can. So let's set the scene for this. Yeah, okay. Okay. <laughs> it's over a decade later. Battle rap has become a huge phenomenon online. It's become a business in its own right. And while starting over in the US, it has stretched to other places, including the Philippines, Australia, and the UK. And, man, I can... I'm not going to say it's easy to really get... um, I'm not going to say I totally get being like all out angry with this film because in a, in a lot of ways it is very similar to eight mile and how it's set up similar i swear to god this person sat in this room and wrote this film and told it to a group of people and that group of people turned around and went yeah okay let's make this did no one sit there and go you've just rewritten eight mile except not as good yeah you left out the good bit yes and admittedly that is part of the stigma when it comes to how much eight mile has had its influence on battle rap, like to the mm. point where as soon as someone like men- like makes a reference to Eight Mile in their verses in the middle of a battle, it is one of the tackiest things you can do. It's right up there with still rhyming words with lyrical. Like it's <laughs> all, like it's that level of tacky nowadays. But come on, you can take battle rap and write a film about it. It doesn't have to follow the exact same virtual pattern that the biggest film ever written about that whole scene or that genre at all and just copy it completely. I, I To an extent, I do get what you're saying and, and like, I totally admit that this is very similar. Like, almost <laughs> excruciatingly so. But this, and I will explain this, this okay. is why it didn't bother me so much. Right. It did the exact same thing for, you know, the Detroit battle rap scene, the US battle rap scene, as it did for the UK, because they very much are very different animals. Like, in the UK, it's this really weird Petri dish of, like, you know, people who were influenced by American artists, mm-hmm. people who, you know, grew up around the culture, you know, the local grime scene, which is, you know, you know dance music mixed with hip-hop. And then you've got, like, the stand-up comedians or, like, the poets who, you know, Mm. want to flex their writing skills. And then you've got, like, the guys who would, you know, go to the pub, get a few pints, and then battle rap each other while they're sloshed. (laughs) Like, like that kind of thing. And and in all honesty, I, I will admit this. I probably have more of an affinity for the UK scene than I do the US. Like... Seeing Eminem on film in Eight Mile, like that was like that still is pretty damn cool to see. Seeing Shuffle T in the opening scene where it's um I think he played on Word Physics mm-hmm. versus Slaughter, played by Shoddy Horror. Seeing Shuffle T 
doing his like very you know low key you know not like uber aggression just like taking the piss out of everything in a very you know comedic manner mm. that was a bigger thrill for me because i freaking love seeing shuffle t perform okay admittedly part of that is because he really plays around with the format like he'll do whole battles where he's intentionally writing the worst rhymes possible <laughs> like what was that one um he did um he does these with um his partner in rhyme marlo and it's like the two of them are like legendary tag team battlers and marlo had this line where it was like um my load leaps like quantum onto her hot cheeks and bottom. It's like, <laughs> again, like that level of this intentionally cheesy shit. And, 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 and hell, bucking against like the direct trends of Battle Rap, um, he's even done ones where like the whole intention of the thing is not to insult the other person, but to shower compliments on them. Like just like, just like, you know, you're the greatest, you know, that, that kind of thing. <laughs> and, and it's like seeing like that put into a film, like, you know, showing the variety of the scene and especially the, um, like the social welfare background of the character. Like, again, it is very similar to Amar, but it felt like it was properly shifted in terms of like what's relevant to there. Like with there, it's the Motor City and, you know, mm-hmm. Devil's Night and stuff like that. Whereas with this, it's, you know, the, social welfare system it's the you know the the, um the orphan system the um i need acceptance from someone so i'm gonna get it through the battle rap scene thing yeah i don't know it just it just didn't ring true for me for some reason it's partly maybe because i don't know those rappers and so i didn't see them come on and go oh yeah yeah yeah. mentally that was um, that was totally a me thing yeah so i think for the average watcher you're just looking at it and you can't, if you've seen 8 Mile, it's almost yeah, impossible to kind of separate yeah. it. And 8 Mile is so much infinitely better. I mean, for starters, where's the raunchy sex scene? Guys, hello. That, the, <laughs> admittedly, that was probably my least favorite part of 8 Mile because, how to put it, I may love in a figurative sense Eminem. I don't need to see, you know, I don't, I don't, oh, I enjoyed it. I don't need to see his Slim Shady. Let's put it that way. I don't need to see his Jimmy. I just felt, I mean, old mate, the guy, what, what, did, what name did he come up with? Divided, um, no. Um, adversary. Adversary. I didn't. He didn't sell it enough for me. I, he just seemed yeah. angsty and angry. And maybe, again, this is an age thing. I'm nearly 40. He's a 19-year-old kid. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, got sure, he's 19. Stuff, but, <laughs> yeah, but he's about 28. But yeah. um, I, and I really, I really love UK films. Normally if there's a version, like an American and a UK version of a yeah. film, usually the UK one for me or the European version – I prefer, I'm just not sure why, I just don't think I can separate it from 8 Mile. And also, I did find one of the raps he did, and I, I get that you're explaining to me that you. this is the whole point, is that you cut people down with whatever you've got. But yeah. when he went at that woman... Yeah, yeah. I got up and walked out of the room, and I was like, I don't fucking care. That you don't have a mum. I don't fucking care that this is battle rap. I don't fucking care that this is how you win. That's disgusting. Yeah. And <laughs> in fairness, 
the film itself is aware of that. Like, right after that, it takes all the time to, like, lambast the guy for just being like, you know, oh, it's just words. No, it isn't. I don't and, think they did it enough. I just... I, 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 I could definitely see that, but mm. how to put it? In terms of, like, that idea of, oh, it's just words, I do appreciate that it went for both the best and worst-case scenarios. Okay. Worst-case scenario being, you know, words still mean things, and if you're going to fucking push someone out of the closet without them knowing like that was bad but again that's part of the point it's supposed to be him fucking up at that stage which i do get and like the whole thing at the end especially um like him and the guy's been feuding with the whole time both agreeing you know what we need to do this we need to correct what Mm. happened Mm. and you know i can totally appreciate that and on the other end you've got well, you know, the notion of self-empowerment, being able to actually, you know, get your feelings down in writing. And there is a certain sense of, you know, you know, self-worth that can be generated out of the idea of, you know, just like reiterating, I'm good, I'm good, you not so much. Mm. Like, I, I, I totally get that. And, and, uh, but going for the, I don't know, I felt like a lot of what they said to each other in, in a lot of those battles from this particular film was almost like, to me, I felt like if you were clever enough, you wouldn't have to go for these low blows. Admittedly, I I do get that, but that might be as a result of, um, like how crowded the, well, the actual lyric writing in this is because Mm. as I said, with eight mile, it was, it was mostly written by one guy Mm. here. It's let's see. We had shuffle T we had Shoddy Horror, who played Slaughter. Mm-hmm. We had um, Paigey Cakey, who played Misquotes, mm-hmm. the other side of the outing. Mm-hmm. We have um, Tony D, who, again, you know, championship belt holder for Don't Flop. I think he actually, like, what, he defended his title three times, right. or, like the only one in the league to manage to do that. And there was also Err. Uh, and here's where we get to my angry part of the whole oh, thing, okay. because... This was tough to watch, really, because... How to put it? Okay. Er is the guy who helped create Don't Flop, which was the biggest battle rap scene in the UK. It's the one that, you know, guys like Tony D and Shuffle T and Shoddy Horror got really big in. And it was, like, a driving force for the scene. And then around the same time that this film was being made slash released, it imploded, basically. I I don't even want to get into the details because it's a lot of he said, they said, but things between Err and Liam Bagnall or Body Bagnall, who um did a lot of the um the camera work and editing and like you know help give it a platform, they had a falling out, and Don't Flop has basically become a shell of what it used to be. Like this is uh, like on their YouTube channel, they used to get like millions of hits in regards to like you know they bring in like you know big shots from the use from the US into things, and now their numbers look about as impressive as my blog does, <laughs> which is never a good sign. And, and honestly, they probably fell like the numbers probably dropped as hard as mine did a couple of years ago, and so it just like watching it. Because I do, you know, love mm. that particular battle rap scene, I was, you know, really digging, seeing all these faces that I, you know, that I recognize, mm. all these, you know, lyrics I can really vibe with. And in terms of, like, the drama between Adam and his mother, I felt that shit. Like, right. like, like the whole thing of just, like, you know, trying to struggle with the, you know, the fact that this person abandoned you, yeah. but 
they, they did so because they had, you know, they had reasons for doing it. It was the hardest thing they had to do. I felt that shit. But the same, but in all honesty, I, what I felt more was how this basically felt like the last breath of fresh air from Don't Flop because not only did uh, work as a lyricist, he was also the main consultant in regards to how the battle rap scene is. And yeah, as someone who does love watching guys like Shuffle T and O'Shea and Censor and even fucking Pedro, who might be one of the worst rappers <laughs> in that scene, it's just like. Actually, I'll do my best impression of him now. It's mum joke time! <laughs> Your mum is at such an utmost size, she ate a wafer-thin mint and she almost died. <laughs> Just shit like that. It's like the irrelevant multi-shit. And admittedly, I wrote that myself. <laughs> it's just like, yeah, it, it's just like, I, I just, part of me will always love that shit. And well, you're turning it for me, and this is not, this is unusual for us, because normally I come in here and I'm all... I can't quite like this. And then by the time I finish talking to you, I'm like, yeah, you're right. It was fucking horrible. But you're, you're turning it for me. And I'm, 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 I'm seeing some things from your perspective. And I guess for the UK, it was their eight mile in a way. And it was to see their guys. Yeah. And, and, doing their thing. And as much as I am under the impression that this film was made to capitalize not off of Eight Mile but off of Bodied, which came out the same year. Right, right, okay. Except again, whereas Bodied was a lot more insular, like it was like an insider's perspective on what the scene looked like. This was more like, you know, family drama with, you know, like the rap battle scene as sort of like, you know, the atmosphere around it, I yeah. guess. It wasn't like the main focus as much, which admittedly did disappoint me a little, but at, So, at so the what was the what was the um general consensus from the public about this film? I didn't even look at like I I didn't either, honestly, because like how to put it, it was what it was kind of sad enough thinking about <laughs> it in terms of in terms of myself because again, like and, 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 like, the worst part about the whole don't flop thing is that even though there are, like, you know, leagues over in the UK that are trying to fill in the space that don't mm. flop used to occupy, like, Premier Battles, and Shoddy Horror himself is actually, like, spearheading quite a bit of it. Like, he's trying to keep the scene alive. It's just... Oh, you're just... Shit ain't working. what it used to be. Yeah. Uh, although, I will say this. Mm. This does give me an excuse to do a bit of shilling out for a certain thing. <laughs> okay, so Shuffle T, a.k.a. Word Physics, he currently has um, a book he's crowdfunding at the moment, the Advanced Rhyming Dictionary. Ooh. And the gimmick for the thing is that rather than, like, focusing on, um, like, singular syllables like Matt, Flat, Cat, he focuses more on multisyllabic rhymes, which is, like, his major thing in... in um, you know, his own work. Cool. Like, for instance, one of my favorite lines from him was during one of his own tag team battles, and he was like, you need to stop hanging out with goons. I don't need 50 goons in shitty boots sprinting through my living room. <laughs> like, yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. And it, it, it's currently like, last I checked, it was like a little over halfway done funding, but considering how many, um, like, MCs I've seen both in the rap battle scene and in the mainstream pop scene could really use something <laughs> that would make them make them sound less basic. I honestly think this is worth checking out. For, yeah, any, cool. for, for anyone who has heard like what we've been talking about here, 
wants to, you know, check out stuff like Eight Mile, like Versus, like Bodied, yeah. like Don't Flop, or even King of the Dot over in the over in um Canada. This is definitely something worth looking into because <laughs> well, there you go. Hot damn! <laughs> so, so yeah, let's end this on a happy note. Rather yeah. than mourning what good idea. Uh, rather than mourning what was, let's work on how we can build what comes next because. For as much as I, you know, bitch about, you know, oh, you know, it was sad watching this, the scene may not be as big as it was, but it's still around, and I'll be damned if I'm going to let it die, far as I'm concerned. Yes, okay. All right, well, we did it. All right, so on a scale of diamond record to paper cutout of a diamond record, where would we put 8 Mile first off? What is a diamond record? Um, I think it's the um, I think it's like the official RIAA certification for selling ten million. Oh. Which, oddly enough, the Eminem show and Marshall Mathers LP did. I see. Oh, uh, well, Eight Mile Diamond. 100%. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, versus. Hmm, I'd probably put this about a gold, I, I think. Yeah, 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 I put it in a gold. <laughs> I, would have, I would have said bronze before that, yeah, before just, I spoke to you, but I'll, I'll go gold. Yeah, just like, <laughs> like, admittedly, as someone who does love the UK um, battle rap scene, it didn't give me as much of a thrill as stuff like 8 Mile or Bodied, but as far as like a thoroughly British take on the same idea, complete with all the very muted colour to it and just the very, mm. like, you know, the desolation, the social desolation involved. Mm. It worked and it totally got me thinking about how much I love that scene and how much I really want to see it, you know, rise from the ashes. Cool. Awesome. Well, I think that's uh, that one done and dusted. Yeah, that one's done. Thanks again. Well, that was so much fun. We hope you enjoyed it as much as we enjoyed making it. If you did, please click subscribe wherever you get your podcasts if you're on apple or itunes you could leave us a five-star review we would love that back in a week bye for now